Um, I was thinking, in the kindergarten presentation yesterday, I asked the families if they were ready. And I was thinking, like, it's first grade. That feels like a big step, too. Are you ready for first grade? And the little bit that I shared about myself is that um, I have a son who is 26 and a 25-year-old daughter, and she was in town this past weekend. And I dropped her off at the train station. And even after all these years, she's 25, she's headed back to her home in Brooklyn, and my heart went, oh, my baby's leaving me. So we know that there are feelings that come with these transitions every year. It's exciting. Maybe it's a little sad or bittersweet in some fashion. But we're here to partner with you and ensure that um, we do the best by your children and really support them as they engage in their learning. I wanted to do two things today. I'm going to uh, dim the lights just so that you can see the, the, some of the pictures. <coughs> Um, really talk about partnership and communication and who's who on campus and where you can get more information and then answer any questions that you might have. So we have a really rich, robust team. Um, I don't know if those adjectives really describe a team, but that's kind of how I feel about the, the folks who are working with your children. It starts with the homeroom teacher who's going to be the key point of um, information, communication, support. Um, and we have a system for, for formal communication, so you'll have a getting to know you conference in the beginning of the year. In October, you'll have a more of an academic conference, if you will, where you're, the teacher will speak to your child about your child's experience so far at foot. Uh, a report will be generated um, mid-year and go to in January. It's a 10-page document, uh, so it's really, again, really rich with information. Um, in the middle of the spring, you'll have a conference with the homeroom teacher and associate to learn about how things are developing. And then again, at the end of the year, you'll get another rich report uh, with all kinds of information about how your child's progressing both academically and socially here at school. Uh, behind the scenes, kind of, the, the specialists have a direct, obviously, interaction with your children um, on a nearly daily basis. Um, you may not have as much direct interaction with them as, again, the homeroom teachers are kind of the conduit for organizing the, the flow of communication. But when I think, when I refer to the specialists, I'm talking about our art teacher, music teacher, PE teachers, tech teachers, drama teachers, I'm sure I'm missing, language teachers. Um, there's a whole concert of folks who are there working with your children and supporting them and ensuring that they have the most uh, wonderful experience they can. The specialist and I meet once a cycle, and in those meetings, we just talk about children. How are things going? How could we kind of ad adapt what we're doing? And oftentimes, we'll invite homeroom teachers to join those meetings to share information so that we can really tighten our partnership. You've met Heather Zetterberg. Uh, she's our math specialist. We're very fortunate to have her. So her role here at school is to support the K through 5 math program. Um, she's responsible for working with the homeroom teachers to develop the curriculum. She provides professional development. She purchases resources. Um, she's, and speaking of resources, she's a wonderful resource to the teachers. Periodically, she'll swoop into a classroom, which means that she might actually push in and deliver some instruction to a whole group of children, or she might swoop in and pull individual children who need a little bit more support in a given area or additional re uh, enrichment and she partners really, really quite nicely with the classroom teachers to orchestrate all of that. Um, uh, at parents' night, you will have the opportunity to hear from the specialists, and we encourage you to come at 5.30. You can visit different specialists and hear about the work that they do in the programming, kind of put a name and a face together. Um, and again, Heather will be presenting at that evening, and you really want to you know, hear more about the program. You should join her for that.
We have five full-time learning specialists at Foot School. We're really, again, quite privileged in that sense. Um, and their work primarily focuses on shoring up um, literacy skills and supporting children uh, in the classroom, out of the classroom, and ensuring they're you're really kind of meeting the benchmarks as they move along in the, in the literacy program. Um, you may hear names, the following names, Tracy, um, Kara, Sue, Kathy, um, who am I missing? I'm sure I'm missing someone. Carrie is, a, is the first, fifth person. Carrie tends to work more with the older children in the middle school. Um, but they're folks who may work with your child in a small group if they're looking, if they need a little bit more assistance. Um, before we actually provide those services, the classroom teacher would let you know that we're thinking they might benefit from a little bit targeted uh, support from a small group setting and with a learning support specialist. Um, our school counselor, you met Kasuth, he's a great resource to the children. He'll go into the classroom, lead lessons maybe on mindfulness or on how to share your feelings, um, how to manage frustration. But he's also a great resource for families. Even in these three days, I don't know how many families I've talked to, I've said, oh, maybe you want to follow up with Kasuth about strategies. So please feel encouraged to reach out to him if your family is, go is going through some kind of a transition, a separation or a move or whatever it might be for, for you folks. Um, he's a great resource. Uh, Jody Hodge is over here. She's one of our school nurses. Her office is right next to my office. Um, and she's here in the morning, early in the morning, from 7-ish on up till about 1, 1.30. And then Heather comes in, and she they overlap a bit. And Heather's here through the after-school program until 5.30. Again, uh, very well-informed, great partners, sticklers for details, and that's what you want in a health office. Um, but if you have any questions about your child's health or the plan for them and supporting them at school, they're wonderful. So, um, Jody, Jody, I, I always, I've shared this, I don't know how many times now in every orientation, the biggest problem with the health <coughs> office is the children love to go there. <laughs> so, my job in part is as I breeze by their office, I poke my head and say, okay, you, you, and you, you can get back to class, you're all set, and the other folks that really have uh, health needs can stay. Um, but that's always a good sign, so they, the children love the nurses. Um, I'm a partner in, in the, your child's experience, and so hopefully we'll get to know each other over the course of time. And last year, I need to actually update there, because last year when Carol Mao was the head of school was here, she said, Beth, you don't have my title there. Of course, Carol's part of our, our team, and she does really have an open door policy, so if you have things that are on your mind, she's eager to hear from you um, about your experience here at Foot. Very much behind the scenes, we have a consulting psychiatrist, Dr. Michael Kaplan, who works with us. Um, he joins us for our health team every other week where we talk about children and you know, strategies and how to best support the children. And then we also have a consulting pediatrician, um, Dr. Avni Singer, who works in concert with the health office to make sure that we're kind of in keeping with best practice and really serving the children as best as we can. We have a new business manager, David Sklar. I did invite him so you could kind of put a name and a face together. He's participating in a meeting, so he couldn't join us. Um, but if you check in with the receptionist, with either Kelly or Tristan, they'll be able to direct you to his office. He'll be able to answer questions about busing, billing, facilities, um, anything that kind of finds into that financial or facilities realm. That's um, David's role. And then Don Walsh and Summer Payne, their office is in the kindergarten building. Um, they supervise the after-school program, so if you have questions about after-school, they're, they're really well um, situated to give you the information that you need, and they're very flexible. 
so you do not need to sign up for after school every single day of the week. You can go with one day or another. You can plan for an earlier pickup than the 5.30 pickup. We have mini courses, which are more, uh, they're six-week courses that really explore more targeted skills or activities, if you will. So that might be a chess mini course, or it might be a cartoon drawing mini course, or a yoga mini course. Um, <clears throat> The, and you, again, Dawn and Summer would be the folks to talk to if you want to sign up for a mini course. They haven't been published yet, to my knowledge, but they'll be coming out shortly. The kind of the philosophy behind our after school program is really to recreate that neighborhood feel that many of us experienced when we were children. And so the kids have, you know, are really encouraged just to be outside, to play, explore, um, and to develop social skills. We also offer music lessons. Um, and so the children can sign up for one-on-one -on -one music lessons, half-hour lessons, and um, again, reach out to Dawn if you're interested in, in pursuing that. Grades K through two, uh, drop-off. We're doing something new this year. We're going to send out an announcement to families um, that we've moved from our early drop-off from 7.45. We've rolled it back to 7.30. So um, feel encouraged to take advantage of that. Right now, it will rotate through the third grade classrooms. Right now we're in the uh, newly renovated classroom here in the corner. You may have seen me perched out here first thing in the morning. Actually, it's not this building, it's this building. Uh, there's a new picnic table here. You may have seen me kind of situated there. That's because I'm the early morning supervisor this week. Um, it's supervised by an associate. So, and there's like coloring that the kids can do or artwork that the kids can do when they come in for their early drop off. Um, at eight o'clock the classrooms open and children are are escorted there, and at 8:15, children are con after 8:15, children are considered tardy. This is precious time. These 15 minutes are really precious to the children. It's often when they're coordinating the activity they're going to engage in at recess. It's uh, especially in first grade and kindergarten. It's free kind of exploration of the space, play a game, connect with friends, and so please, I encourage you to have your children here um, before 8:15 and earlier than that if you can swing it. Um, if you drop your children off at 7.45, there will be two associates here in the circle to supervise them as they get to the early morning room. If you drop them off at 7.30, you'll need to walk them to the early morning room. We don't have supervision here on either the circle or on Loomis Place. Okay, just that's, that's one thing, those 15 minutes, you'll need to escort them. Um, Pickup is at 3 o'clock. The day ends at 3 o'clock for our children, Monday through Thursday. Um, on Fridays, we have an earlier dismissal at 2.15, and then um, the after school ends at 5.30. For our first graders, we encourage you to do kind of an adult, adult pickup, but we also have associates who walk children to designated points. If they need to get to the bus, we have the associates. We'll make sure that they get to where they need to be. Um, a reminder, this is not, this is Loomis Place. Um, it's not a one-way street, but we try to encourage families to use it as if it were one. So to move from, from Highland this direction, it just uh, lends to a, a smoother flow in the morning. Safety is really a priority for us. You'll see David Sklar, he's the business <coughs> manager out in the street. Um, he's supervising that flow. Please do not do a U-turn on this street, um, and please Set your child up, if you've got a car seat in the car, so that they're exiting right onto the school and not into the street. Um, every once in a while I'll see something that kind of sets my heart up into my mouth. I'll be like, oh! So, and just, you know, smooth, slow, 
easy flow through Loomis Place will um, ensure that everyone gets off safely in the morning. Falco's Pride is the framework um, from which we kind of encourage children to develop socially and emotionally. Children really come to know and own the language, and the teachers do a really fine job of teaching these different characteristics in the classroom. We did move last year, I need to update my PowerPoint, at the very end of last year, based on faculty feedback, we moved from the E standing for excellence to empathy, because um, we really want to target that as a skill for children, and we believe that excellence is, is embedded in all of these characteristics in, in the academic work that they're doing. And so that'll be um, some of the language that you'll be hearing from your children when they come home. Oh, I really demonstrated empathy today because I, you know, really, understood how another child was feeling and I reached out to them and supported them where they were feeling sad. That might be something you, you would hear. Um, we also use this language when a child would benefit from a little direction. We um, encourage children to make mistakes and part of the mistake making is in social dynamics and conflict resolution. They're still developing those skills and so th things will happen and we want to support them in, in learning from those experiences and being able to, you know, employ other strategies moving, moving forward. This is a great time to introduce my two friends. So um, the reason why it's called Falco's Pride is because Falco is our mascot. Um, and I introduced these stuffed animals, my friends, to the children early on in one of our Friday morning meetings. And Falco is to remind us to demonstrate Falco's pride and to aspire to be our best. And then Mr. Bill, um, is to remind the children that it's really okay to make mistakes. That's we're here to learn. In order to learn, you need to make mistakes, try things out, and try again. Um, the kids love Mr. Bill because he does this. <laughs> I will assure you, some of you may remember Mr. Bill from Saturday Night Live. I do not show the children videos. Uh, <laughs> it, it, so far as they know, it's just a stuffed animal who says, oh no, I made a mistake. Um, that's the kind of the extent of it. I, and I have fourth and fifth graders who still come back periodically and say, oh, where's Mr. Bill? Can I check in with Mr. Bill? Um, um, this also is part of the, t the collaboration and teamwork. You might hear one day that, oh, I went to visit Miss Mello today, and I just want to invite you not to freak out or, oh my gosh, what's going on? Um, I see children for a lot of different reasons. I had a child yesterday who stopped in because she was feeling nervous about science class. So we met, we talked about why she was feeling nervous, what her strategies would be, and she moved on her way and had a, had a I hope, a great day. I checked in with her later, she said uh, science went smoothly. Um, I have lunch dates with children. Sometimes I help children work through social dynamics that are tricky for them. Sometimes we talk about Falco's pride and making better choices. Um, but I consider myself part of the team, and so, you know, again, don't, don't, freak out if you hear that your child's been to my office, just ask them, oh, and how did that go, and what did you learn, and um, you know, try to get from them how they felt about our conversation. Um, if there's something significant that happened, if there's some you know, bigger conflict that happened, then I will certainly let you know and say, this is what was going on, and this is what we talked about, and here are some suggested kind of follow-up ideas that we can um, either employ at school or employ at home to support your child. Um, I also invite you not to freak out if Erica reaches out to you and says, oh, Beth would love to meet with you. Um, you, would he you will hear first from the homeroom teacher, oh, Beth's thinking about joining us for a meeting because she just wants to see how things are going. 
Um, and then Erica will be the person who coordinates that and schedules it. Again, my, my feeling is that it takes a village to raise a child, and so we want to, my participation in the meeting is to ensure that we're really rallying all the resources at our disposal to support your child. Um, so, and sometimes those meetings might include a learning support specialist, it might include Heather, it might include Kasuth. Again, we'll target you know, the participants based on whatever it is that we might be discussing on a given conversation. That invitation also extends to you. Anytime you would like to sit down and say, oh, yeah, I'd really like to have a broader team meeting. Can we include Kasuth? Can we include whomever? You're, you're welcome to do that. You know, we're happy to partner with you and um, have those conversations to support your child. Um, I mentioned our um, learning support program. And so again, um, we do work in, with small cohorts of children in all the way through lower school. Um, prior to your child being swooped up and included in one of those groups, the homeroom teacher will reach out to you and say, oh, this is what we've learned about your child's reading, and we think that they might benefit from a smaller cohort and uh, more targeted strategies to support them. Um, and again, you may come to know the, um, the specialist. They would participate in those conferences over uh, that I mentioned earlier, the ones that happened in the fall and in the spring, if they happen to be working with your child. I mentioned the Getting to Know You conferences. Um, so you should be hearing from your classroom teachers so that they can really hear from you about your child's experiences um, and any other information that you think might be pertinent. Parents' Night is on September 20th. The format is from 5.30 to, I think, 6.15. Um, you have an opportunity to be in this building, visiting different specialists and hearing about their programming. From 6.15 to 7, you're in the classroom, hearing from the classroom teacher and the associate. And then at 7 o'clock, we have our dinner. Um, Carol Mao speaks. And it's a nice time to build community because you sit in community with other first grade parents. Parent E-News comes out every Thursday, and it is now called This Week at Foot. Um, look, so it'll be coming out today. It's a great source of photographs, information, links, updates on events that are coming forward. So that's, that's kind of the central place where we'll communicate with you as a community to keep you abreast of what's going on at Foot. Um, the faculty have blogs that they do a really nice job of keeping photographs and you know, experiences um, posted so that you can get a little bit of insight into what's going on in the classroom. I don't know about you, but I always heard, you know, how was school today? Good. What did you do? Nothing. <laughs> the blog is a nice conversation starter. Hey, let's look at the blog and see, see what's posted. Um, <clears throat> so I encourage you to check those out. And then the orange folders are just a conduit for hard copy information. Maybe it's a permission slip for a field trip, or maybe it's some other form or activity or assignment, um, but the teachers will use that to send paperwork home to you. Yes? Yes, so um, working together with Josefa and Kara, we have Susie, um, and Susie has been with us for a number of years. She actually was a, a head teacher here at Foot. Um, she thought she was heading into retirement and decided, no, I'm not ready for retirement. And she came back as an associate to work with them. Um, and she went to a foot. She's an alum. Thank you for reminding me of that. Um, and, and in Margie's room, we have Chastity. And Chastity is new to us, um, but she's worked in our Horizons program over the summer. Um, and she'll be supporting Margie. And in, um, I guess that answers that for first grade and second grade, we have a different arrangement. but. We're at the first grade orientation, right? <laughs> okay. I'm not oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, 
So, and they'll, the associates will participate in conferences, they will lead reading groups, plan and lead reading groups, they will help with supervision of children, they will administer assessments. It's really intended to be an opportunity to, it's almost like a, a doctor's internship where they can really participate in curriculum development and working with children. The head teachers at the end of the day are responsible for the children's experience, but the associates are great partners. And questions. We have questions for for me, I can put Heather and Kasuth on the spot, Rochelle. Andy Bromage is also our Director of Communications. He's the one who publishes, sends out the um, uh, This Week at Foot, um, as well as other information. And then Joe Charles is also part of the Communications Department. Any questions for us? Yes? Sure. Um, curriculum changes. So when I think of the curriculum, I think of social studies being kind of that, the hub of what's going on. And so in kindergarten, it was much about me, my family, traditions. Um, in first and second grade, they're going to branch out just a little bit. So they'll continue to explore themselves and their identity. They'll explore themes around stereotypes and bias, um, gender, specifically around gender. Um, but they're also going to start to explore more explicitly the community at Foot School and then the community in New Haven. And then there'll be an exploration of how does Foot School and our community compare to the way it used to be 600 years ago in this same place. So part of the reason why we focus on stereotypes and bias is um, they're going to be exploring indigenous people. And one of the messages we want children to understand is that, that not to have this fossilized idea of, oh, Indians lived 600 years ago, they've all moved on now and we don't have, but actually say, you know, how do they show up in our community and culture nowadays? Um, so that will be first grade. In second grade, there's that um, comparative study as well, but then they're going kind of geographically somewhere else. They're going to um, Nairobi to explore what the experience is there with, again, the same themes. What does it mean to be part of a community? Um, you know, how do people meet their basic needs, how do people adapt to the environment, and what, again, what stereotypes or biases can show up when we do this work and really being more explicit about supporting the kids and understanding those concepts. Um, the math program is a spiraling one, so you'll see things that you may have seen before, um, but it's going to come back with greater depth and um, heightened exploration, and again, that math opportunity is a great time to come in and learn more specifically about it or the, the uh, parents night. Um, it continues to be very hands-on. You know, you will not see a workbook going home. You will not see textbooks uh, being curried to and fro with a math program. The child, in fact, you'll, you might actually wonder what's going on with math. Are they actually learning math? Because it's very um, hands-on exploration, Marcy Cook tiles, geo boards. They're doing things in class to build those concepts. Yes, we have some paperwork, um, and yes, we do have assessments that we use to make sure that children are kind of moving along according to uh, what our expectations are. Heather, is there anything you want to add to that? It was a very, a very bleh explanation of the math program, but. I think that that's really good and really thinking about it as a continuum of where children are developmentally and what level of independence that they can take on, but also to what degree um, do they need support and where can we Offer challenges and really help strengthen children. So uh, definitely be learning 
very hands-on, very mind-bound, very engaged, um, looking at bringing in more authentic experiences so that it isn't just the pencil and paper type of work, but there is a balance. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to develop those skills and um, develop a really solid foundation. Great, thank you. Um, science, so this is funny, we did, a, 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 every year we pick a discipline area, discipline area and we do uh, a curricular review. So we pull faculty together from across the campus and we explore an area and say, okay, are, are there things that we can learn from current research? Are there some things we need to revise in our programming? Um, and it was kind of interesting because one, one piece of that is sending out a survey to families. And some of the families wrote back and said, the impression I have is that the children are not learning any science in the lower grades, like K through three, where's the science? And it's interesting because, again, it's because it's exploratory and it's interdisciplinary and connected to other things, the kids don't perceive it as science. But they're learning things about um, weather, air, atmosphere. They're learning things about a balance and motion and physics. They're learning things about um, there'll be a... Uh, an organism study, so in one year it might be about butterflies, another year it might be about birds or spiders, life cycles, and again, what do these, um, how do these animals adapt and what do they need from the, the environment to, to thrive? Um, I'm trying to think, there's a water study. So there are very intentional moments um, and experiences created about science, but you may not feel like it's science if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great question. You'll hear more about that at Parents Night. The teachers will put that out in front of you, what the themes are um, for the year. What am I missing? Language arts continues to be a very balanced approach. Approach So foundations will continue. We really want to make sure that we consolidate those early literacy and phonics skills. Um, but also, they have a very rich experience um, with authentic text. So small reading groups, reading um, you know, real books, and you know, maybe some exploration into chapter type books. Um, they will connect their literacy experiences back to social studies, so they'll be doing some, some research and um, reporting back out to, the, to their community about that. You'll be having invited to open houses. I think that's on the list of events, so you can get a stronger sense of the kinds of experiences that the children are having um, in the classroom. Does that kind of give you I think you know we're really intentional about um, the transition being as seamless as possible. So you will notice that there's time dedicated in the morning for play, and you may also notice that in the second part of the year the classroom starts to feel a little bit more structured. So again, that's like trying to move them in a given direction. Um, yes, I guess you could call it it's more intense and more academic in the sense that they're becoming more proficient mathematicians and readers and writers and they're going to see how uh, you know Heather used kind of project-based or application authentic they're going to see how it's relevant and showing up in the real world right um, but we also we're not we want to I want to get back to another question that I didn't answer we're also very much committed to play and exploration, so they have two recesses every day. The schedule for that's different than in kindergarten, so they'll have a recess in the morning from 10 to 10.30. They'll have another recess um, at lunchtime, so they have a half hour to eat and a half hour outside to play. Uh, Friday afternoons, historically they used, they used to be dismissed at 12.30. We moved to a 2.15 dismissal. Um, the first grade teachers are using that time to 
do design thinking challenges, take the children outside, and so it's a little bit different than the outdoor exploration that's in kindergarten, but it's still kind of hitting those non-cognitive skills, if you will, like collaboration, teamwork, building resilience, um, and there's a, an intentionality between partnering with the first and second grade classroom, so again, they get that, that piece of mentorship that they can you know, benefit from uh, having that relationship with a peer. Um, I think the space probably for more detail about how that shows up in first grade is going to be at that parents' night. Because I, I tend to be the generalist on campus and supporting the teachers, but the teachers will be able to say, here are the units we're going to cover, here's kind of the framework, here are the assessment tools we're going to use. Um, so they'll be able to give you more, more detail about that. You're welcome. Other questions? Yes? Um, So, um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Meaning, my job, I think my job is to try to sustain a healthy balance. So we want the teachers to have a certain level of autonomy because they can better differentiate for the children's needs in the classroom, um, but also because it's highly motivating and they can pursue some passions and so forth. On the other hand, we do have a curriculum, we have a curricular review, we have essential questions that we want the children to be able to attend to and skills that we want them to be able to meet. And so we are always meeting to see, okay, where are we in that balance? Have we moved too far in a given direction? Or do we need to kind of reel it back in again? Um, the, the first grade teachers meet, um, they meet with me once a cycle to talk about curriculum and planning and to address those questions. And then they meet, we meet again once a cycle to talk about children with the learning support teachers. Um, so they're very targeted meetings. We have a six day cycle as opposed to, I just realized I'm using the word cycle and folks might not need. Um, uh, we adults have a five day cycle, Monday through Friday. In order to, a number of years ago, we moved to a six day cycle so that we could fold in more specials and, and, and get more accomplished. So we're kind of playing with time, if you will. So the children have an A through F cycle, it's six days. So it'll roll into the next week before they start again. Um, so we meet once a cycle to talk programming, once a cycle to talk specifically about children and all children, not just children who might be having some kind of difficulty. Um, in addition to that, the, the classroom teachers meet independently to do their planning, to see where they are, to coordinate their efforts and really be intentional. You're welcome. It's a great question. I mean, I think that's what independent schools are all about, is figuring out that balance. We don't want to be so prescriptive that it shuts down creativity and, and fun. On the other hand, there has to be some level of equity, otherwise we don't really have a program. So we're always kind of evaluating that and seeing how, we, how we're doing. Yes? I just wanted to know if there are um, opportunities for uh, kids to hang out with each other across the sections, or maybe even across grades. Or like, how do they get to know the broader school and community? Sure. Um, so recess is a shared experience. All of the first and second graders come together. So they have that point of contact. Um, the f I mentioned something about some intentionality around first and second grade collaborating. You may, you may or may not know this. Um, I don't know how many years it's been. We used to have a mixed age group model where first and second graders were in the same classroom with the same teacher. Um, we learned 
through feedback from families and from faculty that there might be a better way to, to configure that, and that is when we move to a looping model. So we move to a model where it's a straight out first grade or second grade together with the same teacher, same cohort for two years consecutively. Does that make sense? Yeah. Are you with me so far? Um, when we made that move, we said we don't want to lose the leadership opportunities and the mentorship and that cross-grade collaboration. And so we said, let's keep the social studies and science themes the same so we can pull first and second graders together so they can have shared experiences and we can have some of that, uh, it's not intergenerational, but intergrade you know, exchange. So that continues to be true. Coming into this year, we have an interesting dynamic because of our enrollment in our demographics. We shifted things a bit because of the response that we were getting from, the, from our enrollment so that we have two kindergartners, two kindergarten classes, three first grade classes, two second grade classes, four third grade classes. Um, and so this year, and that's partly why you saw the move in the spaces, Margie moved to be closer to Josepha and Kara so we could support that first grade collaboration. And Kim Yap moved over next to Hillary so the second grade teachers could also collaborate more seamlessly. Now what's on their minds is we want to continue to sustain the first and second grade mix. So they're going to be thinking about where are those opportunities where we can bring the children together. Okay? So that's, a, that's kind of a first and second grade dynamic. Um, the first graders also have I think it's seventh grade buddies um, from the middle school where they will meet, have lunch, do activities together um, routinely over the course of the year. So that also kind of sustains that community, that sense of community and really connecting, being exposed to um, another age group. And that's, I mean both, I was gonna say the seventh graders really love it, but the first graders do too. So it's a really nice partnership. Yeah, I did say that. Oh, you did, and then PE first grade. Okay. First grade, yeah, they come together all for for all four sections, all three sections come together for first grade. All right, you're welcome. Other questions? And if you need that repeated, because that was a lot of information, a lot of history, like, and then we did this, and then we did that, and then, and I, uh, I, I enjoy sharing that with you because again, I think it comes back to what I led with, which is, we want to be responsive to our community and feedback that we receive, and so. Uh, I always say to family and faculty, the day that we've arrived and this is what we're doing here, then it's time for me to retire. Because I like this process of thinking about, okay, where are we now in our journey and how can we better respond to children's needs and, and have our program evolve and grow. Yeah. 